0: So we are going to turn to Galatians chapter 5 today, if you would please. Our time in Galatians chapter 5 is running very low. So we've been there a long time, but we don't have much longer to spend in Galatians chapter 5. So we will just read here today the words of our text. Actually three verses, but one in particular. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust. Of the flesh. Verse 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. We end our reading at the close of verse 25, And we trust that God will bless his precious word to us today as we think of these three verses that have so much of a similarity in regard to the Holy Spirit toward our walking and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I'm thinking particularly about the walk and the leading of the believers. This is addressed to the believers in Galatia. The Apostle Paul had been filled with great joy in seeing multitudes in Galatia believing the gospel. All you have to do is go and read in your Bibles Acts chapter 13 and chapter 14, and you will see at Antioch in Pisidia and also in Iconium that many, many, it's called multitudes of souls believe savingly on Christ. But in the very next chapter, chapter 15, we see that certain men had crept in unawares in Galatia into those churches spreading the Judaizing heresy. They taught, you can read right at the first verse of chapter 15 in Acts, they taught that the Old Testament ceremonies had to be both observed and obeyed or you could not be saved. Very serious heresy. This heresy prompted both the first church council at Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, and it prompted Paul's great letter to the churches of Galatia. As the inspired apostle wrote, he rebuked the false teachers and the fickle souls that had fallen for the fake gospel. But to the true believers, the Holy Spirit spoke to them, especially about two things here. Two things. He's speaking to the church, the believers, especially about about their wealth and about their walk. The wealth and the walk of the believers. So let us consider, first of all, their wealth. The apostle began in chapter 1 of Galatians and verse 3, praying grace and peace upon them because Christ had been given by the Father and he had given himself to rescue them eternally. Again and again, Paul declared to the believers that Christ redeemed them. In chapter 3 and verse 13. Again in chapter 4 and verse 7. He speaks about Christ redeeming. Now what does that mean? Redeeming. Buying them with the most precious and costly price that could be paid. His own precious blood. Oh what wealth was poured out for our redemption the very blood of the God-man. We are given, as he told the Galatians, a vast inheritance as heirs of God. Chapter 3, verse 29. And again in chapter 4 and verse 7. The inheritance, being heirs of God, is spoken of. And the inheritance is all of grace because of God-given faith which alone justifies us before God. Chapter 3 and verse 11, the just shall live by faith. Chapter 3 and verse 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Oh, what a wonder it is that God is so gracious to His elect people to provide us with such vast eternal wealth far beyond what we could even imagine the wealth that is ours the holy spirit said before the galatians and before us also this gospel grace and wealth as our sure foundation well, you got to have that first before and only after Establishing the sure foundation in these earlier chapters do we come to that setting forth that the Holy Spirit speaks of our walk, their walk and our walk. Chapter 5 and verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And then again in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. It is the believer's walk that is being dealt with, even in the leading, the Spirit leading us in our walk. I want you to notice something in verse 25. It says, If the little word in the original is e-i, epsilon, E I, Epsilon Iota, eh, eh, and is also translated since. And I like to translate it since. Since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Because in other places in our authorized version, they translate that same little particle as "since." Since we live in the Spirit. It's not putting a question over whether we live in the Spirit or not. Since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That is our obligation. Our object lesson today was especially illustrating this verse. It is the verse... 18, And verse 18 states that if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. I agree with the if at that point. Those who are being led by the Spirit are the same people that are walking in the Spirit. These are those that are delivered from condemnation. We read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, And those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's a new walk that come to those who are no longer under the condemnation of nature and the condemnation of sin, which is ours by nature. These are the redeemed ones. These are the justified ones that also have saving faith. But notice the emphasis. In verse 18, the emphasis in verse 18 is upon the one doing the leading, the Holy Spirit. I love the way that our translators have it right here. It's in the passive because in the original, it's also the verb is in the passive mode. But if you be led of the spirit or led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So being led by the Holy Spirit, it is primarily his work in us. He's the one doing the leading. It is for us to do the following, but he's the one that's going to do the leading. Those that are declared righteous by Christ's imputation, declared not guilty, are the ones being sanctified, walking in the Spirit, and being led by the Holy Spirit are about us becoming more conformed to the image of Christ, are gradually becoming more holy. When we are justified before God, we receive the Holy Spirit and he begins in us the process of sanctification. In our catechism just a little bit ago, we were thinking about examining our new obedience. And that happens whenever we get new life. When we really get new life, there follows some New obedience. It's not as much as we wish it was. It's not as much as we desire it to be. But we endeavor after that that new obedience increase. But when we are justified, the Spirit of God comes in and begins that process of sanctification. Having begun in the Spirit, We are to continue to progress in growing more and more holy by the Holy Spirit's power working in us, leading us. We are led by the Spirit, and no longer are we under the condemnation or under the ceremonies of the law. In what sense are we being led by the Spirit and not under the law. We are no longer under the condemnation of the law. We are no longer under the ceremonies of the old law. But of course, the same Holy Spirit who leads believers is the same one who gave those ten words into the stone on the top of Mount uh, Sinai. So, the Spirit of God will never lead us to do anything contrary to the moral law. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, you will not be governed by your own sinful impulses or inclinations. Now notice, I said you will not be governed by your sinful impulses and inclinations. I was reading a good devotional yesterday, and um, the preacher was preaching to men. It's a men's devotional, and he said, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, you understand, is to be manifest... In loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Okay. Now that comes to right where the rubber meets the road, guys. Okay, so... Uh, um, my wife and I had a few talks yesterday. And uh, that's good. And so... Uh, I was thinking about what he said at one point in one of our conversations... And he said that whenever you love your wife as Christ loved the church, when you're having a discussion, you don't do either of the two extremes. You don't withdraw and crawl into a little shell, nor do you lash out. (laughs) When we are led by the Spirit, we do not follow the impulses or the inclinations of our sinful selves. That's not our our governing motif. We are governed by the Word of God. But then we look at ourselves and we look at our inside not just what we're doing on the outside, but what we're thinking in our heart. Wish I didn't have any of those sinful impulses or inclinations. But I'm not done yet. He's still working on me. But I'm glad that I'm being changed more and more as the years roll by. You know, when you... uh, are married at uh, 70, you should do better than you did at 27. So we're working on it and uh, so we, we are to be led of the Spirit rather than being governed by our own sinful impulses or inclinations. Being led by the Holy Spirit means that He exercises in our hearts direction and enabling so that more and more there is a crushing of the power of indwelling sin and a cheerful obedience to God's holy word. B.B. Warfield wrote, It is the Holy Spirit's part to keep us in the path and to bring us at length to the goal. But it is we that tread every step of the way. It is our limbs that grow weary with the labor. It is our heart that faints. It is our courage that fails. It is our faith that revives our sinking strength and our hope that instills new courage into our souls as we toil up the steep ascent toward glory. And yet... We that are led by the Spirit are by Him made humble. And our natural corrupt pride is being put down. And this is accomplished in us as we struggle with sin, as we deal with temptation, as we confess our sin, as we repent and go on with God. Now some of the holiest souls in the history of the church were some of the most self-abasing people. Josh Moody gave a very good illustration of the English reformer, John Bradford, who was a very godly man. John Bradford constantly signed his letters before he put his name. Right above it, he put the words, a hard-hearted sinner. One Puritan on his deathbed said, Never did I feel my need of the blood of Christ as I do now. And I am making good use of his blood right here on my bed. John Wesley's dying whisper was, No way into the holiest, but by the blood of Jesus. As Paul grew in grace, he wrote In 54 A.D., in 1 Corinthians 15, that he was the least of the apostles. Seven years later, in 61 A.D., he called himself in Ephesians 3, less than the least of all saints. Four years later, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, he considered himself the chief of sinners. So being led by the Holy Spirit does not puff up, nor does it in any way make us feel good about ourselves or our achievements. But being led by the Spirit causes His fruit to abound in our lives, causes our assurance of God's love to grow and increase in the heart along with a desire for God's Word. Almost 200 years ago, one of the great Scottish commentators, John Brown, wrote, Those who are led by the Spirit walk in the law of God written in their hearts and follow the course that God approves. The great practical lesson taught by this passage right here in Galatians 5 is that the true way of mortifying our sin and making progress in holiness is to yield our minds and our hearts up more and more to the transforming influence of God's Word. Divine truth is the effective means only when it is accompanied with the operation of the Holy Spirit. The humble, diligent study of the Bible, especially the New Testament Scriptures, and fervent, believing prayer are the principal means for our growth in grace and holiness. And he says, our prayers must constantly be that of asking for the Holy Spirit's leading us in our study and in our reading of his own inspired words. Since he inspired them thousands of years ago, the same omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent Holy Spirit can come and breathe upon his word as we read it. And we need to pray that he will breathe upon us as we and lead us as we study his word. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us pray together. Gracious God, thou hast laid out thy truth in thy word in such a remarkable fashion and lord we confess that thy word is very convicting and we thank thee for that we thank thee that we cannot easily get away from the sharp cutting edge of thy sword lord we pray that thou will do O oh, gracious physician, that surgical work in our lives of cutting away the corruption and giving healing by the power of thy word and spirit. Please help us, oh God, that we would walk in the spirit and know the leading of the spirit in the word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.